So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirtbag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, got their, niggas put a goddamn permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? Just said I, that's I, my I, hero. You gonna hurt look, 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 the perm. First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. By the time you hear this podcast, we'll never be your monkey wrench. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. 
I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 196, finally. Woohoo! We've uh, been off for this entire month. We've got ourselves on screen. There we are. Hi. <laughs> we are finally back with another episode as we inch our way towards episode 200. Still no plans yet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so uh, thank you for everyone who's uh, downloaded us thus far. Uh, we got back to uh, as high as number two on Potomatic in All the music right. history of records, and then we probably fell to number 25. So <laughs> uh, consistency is key. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Number 25, one over Kobe. <laughs> um and two over Jordan. So yep, yep, yep. Also, also good. Uh so that, that Kanye man, that Kobe number. <laughs> um so um thank you to everyone who's still subscribed. Yeah. Uh tell a friend you have 195 and now not 196 episodes to get through yeah. uh, for anybody who's a new listener or, you know, it was, perf- it was referred to you by mm-hmm. a friend. We definitely appreciate it either way. So uh, let's get to some music news. Um, so uh, Coachella is going on. Uh, is it, this is going to be their second weekend? Yeah. I think. So the first weekend, um, Went off mostly without a hitch. A lot of good performances. I follow SG Lewis on Instagram, and oh, he was there. He was there performing oh, with nice. uh, Channel Trace. Okay. Um, it was a song that he did with Robin. I don't know if she was there. Robin, as in the Swedish, or yeah. whatever songwriter. Okay, nice, nice. So, um, yeah, that so that's been going on. Um, but the main news that came out of the first weekend of Coachella. Is um, I so well our podcast cousin Brandon sent me a video, <laughs> and he said time is up. <laughs> so that if, was one of his uh, his unpopular takes or his one of his yeah, hot takes. So that was probably like at least four years ago. Yeah. Uh, on our second unpopular opinion episode, we need to we need to we need three. another one. Yeah, yeah we I was thinking three. that the other day, <laughs> but um. One of his was Frank Ocean is on the clock. He just said time is up. That's it. <laughs> he sent me the video and he just said time is up. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I remembered it. Oh, God. Because I don't, because wasn't there precedence for it? Is it you that said for Lauren Hill, time was up, right? Or was that Tim that said that the first time? That that might have that might have been me. Okay, yeah, for I, me, I, I yeah I said Lauren Hill, Hill on the first one. Frank, I think. <laughs> from Frank Ocean. Um, <laughs> so, um, Sunday. This was the third day. The the for the first weekend of Coachella, Frank Ocean is the headliner, and um, YouTube was going to stream live stream the uh, his set, and. Um, YouTube sent out a tweet that simply said, Frank Ocean is not scheduled to appear on the Coachella live stream. And um, a lot of things uh, went down that, you know, caused him not to be, caused him not to perform. Um, So, uh, 
let's see, did he perform the night before? It, it, uh, it was kind of a lot of someone was here. So I, I was like, I heard someone walking around. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> um, so uh, anyway. Should we be concerned? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're Let's gonna be right back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're we're back, y'all. Uh, let me mark that. It's <laughs> a lot of silence. <laughs> Can never be too safe. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Um, so in trying to sort out this uh, Frank Ocean uh, debacle, uh, yes, he was supposed to perform on Sunday night, and. Um, he had he was he had been scheduled to be the headliner in 2020 before the festival was canceled. So, um, and actually, he was supposed to be the headliner in 2021 before Coachella was canceled. Um, so it wasn't going to be live streamed, and uh, you know, a Twitter user said, "I respect Frank's decision." And don't think it should be a given that sets will always be live streamed. But letting Coachella and YouTube promote a Frank Ocean stream until hours before and letting fans get excited was dot, 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 a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, a lot of a lot of memes about, you know, people who were upset and surprised uh, because YouTube was promoting that. Hey, we're gonna stream live, uh, live stream Frank Ocean, um, and uh, there were, and because if anyone who watches something on uh, YouTube or Instagram Live, you could see the, you know, the users. There's a chat going on and all yeah. of that. Um, so Ben, I don't know if you saw this, but this was through Reddit. A Reddit thread came together. Um. Uh, detailing the different attendees who rose to the occasion to stream the event live on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch. Mm. And uh, it was even rumored that Lord, the singer Lord, uh, saw the stream, also was also attended the live stream okay. on one of these other platforms. <laughs> um. So uh, it was a musician named Morgan Lee. Uh, she um, broadcast the stream uh, through. Uh, she was at Coachella, so she went live on Instagram, and um, so the that stream went viral. Of course, um, the the set started an hour late. And um, it said his band delivered an array of reconstructed performances of many fan favorites, including Chanel, Nikes, and Knights. Uh, but Frank Ocean did not sing live, <laughs> yeah. opting to mouth the tracks. I heard that. Uh, he was obscured by a body of dancers bizarrely pacing around the stage in a circle. Those might have been the dancers who were supposed to be on the skating rink that was planned for the stage, which was uh, scratched at the last minute. Uh, they said a random 10-minute DJ set was dropped in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that as well. At one point near the end, Ocean unveiled a new song, but he was off stage while it played. 
And uh, he closed with a cover of the Isley Brothers, At Your Best. Uh, and probably people think, oh, no, that's an Aaliyah song. But anyway. Man, I fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before abruptly ending the show, woefully telling fans he was being kicked off early because of a curfew. I also heard that. And I don't think people were buying it. Uh, so reviews came in fast and furious. GQ called it a chaotic triumph. Mashable noted the performance was everything you could ask for and more. What? <laughs> Does it well, like I didn't it? see this set, but for what I've heard about it, like how was this enjoyable? Um, but most were left unsettled by what The Guardian said was an awkward set of some high highs but very low lows. The low, those lows were what Insider called an overall vibe detached from the hopes and expectations of fans who spent hundreds of dollars to be there. That word. Uh, fans essentially became the collateral damage of Ocean's disappointing return that left many wondering why he even bothered to show up at all. Despite the mixed reactions, uh, Morgan Lee was one of the many fans who still believed it was all worth it. She said it would have been worth it just to be there. Now, and I can't remember who said it, but I saw this clip on uh, Instagram recently that uh, concert goers, especially the younger concert goers, are being robbed of a proper concert experience. Meaning that, you know, if you're going to see your favorite rapper, mm -hmm. um, or your favorite artist or, you know, your favorite R and B artist or something like that, that they're, they don't have a live band. You know, they just have mm. a DJ and sometimes maybe not even backup dancers. So it's just, and then they're, um, it's not instrumental tracks. They, it's the vocal tracks it's of the songs. Yeah. So they're singing over mm -hmm. that. And we, you're going to a concert to see, you know, an artist that you like, your favorite artist, whoever. It's not supposed to sound like the album you've been listening to, mm -hmm. the songs you've been listening to by the artist. It's not supposed to sound exactly like that. Or, like, I agree he was saying that if it sounds like that, then you're being robbed of the concert going experience mm -hmm. because you can, you can just listen to, just turn on the you can just turn on the music noise. at home <laughs> or in your car, wherever you listen to music. Yeah. Um, and then it, and, and then the whole like video ended with, it was when uh, Kanye and Jay-Z were, I think it was the watch the throne tour. If that mm -hmm. was the name of the tour, but it was during that time. And, it was one song playing. You could hear Jay-Z's vocals, and he's like, he told him to stop the music. He's like, I don't, <laughs> I want to hear my vocals on the track. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. that mean, he seems like he's a performer. He's more old school, so. Yeah. Um. So I thought of that where it's, I don't know. I like, I don't, to, to see what occurred as, enjoyable in any way i don't understand how from what from frank ocean from frank set? ocean yeah he didn't sing at all he's lip-syncing his lyrics maybe he had a sore throat i don't know you're hearing this <laughs> i would rather him say like we're not um i that he's not performing at all rather yeah. than 
you get this. Like for him, like oh, it was worth it just to be there. No, I'm, yeah. I'm up, I'm, I would be upset. Well, I mean, but that, but that's me. If you, yeah, if you were, if you try to take, you know, look at the bright side of this. <laughs> good luck to you. I, I'm just, I, I'm not helping you find it. I mean, even if he was not up to, you know, a hundred percent and wanted to, and didn't want to do it, then maybe, I mean, there's, there might be contracts, there might be money involved. Um, I agree that there is, you know, concerts and live music in general isn't what it used to be at a certain level. I think you still have musicians who care about putting on a good live show and will put on a live show. And I think maybe we were tricked into thinking that Frank Ocean was one of those artists that hasn't, you know, that level of integrity. Like, like somebody I think of that's popular right now, her would never do this. I can't imagine. Her as a musician, she's a singer. She, you know, she really cares. She's good at what she does. I think the biggest problem nowadays is because there's no artist development, there's no one teaching you how to perform how to actually put on a proper live show. Um, and so for some people, I think it's innate. Like I think Kanye, for Kanye, it's innate. I know Kanye's, you know, hot topic right now, but like if you look at Kanye's but performances, as a, as a performer, he like, knows how to do it. And he's, and at least, and he studied. Even, even though it like, it may look weird, like the Life of Pablo mm-hmm. tour where he has the the thing and the, you know, float the like this floating stage thing. Yeah. And unless you're, if you're like, the closer you are, you can't actually see him. <laughs> he will at least try things. Yeah. As far as putting on a show, even the um, the Donda release, where it's at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Mm, yeah. And it's just him walking around while the album is playing. Yeah. It was still a spectacle. It was still something to see. You may understand it, you may not, but you're there, and it's it's something. It's supposed to be something. He made it an event. Yeah, he. I think what people don't might not know about him is when he he went on tour with U two, and he you know U two is one of the biggest bands in the world. You know they were huge in the eighties, they're big in the nineties, and they stayed big in the two thousands. And he studied what and they like did. you said, you stu- you study what they did, and you get graduation yeah and not he yeah, was trying so to make arena rap he made the music <laughs> to go with the stage show you know so sometimes it's innate and you just get it and sometimes you don't and i think some people probably laughed at diddy when he was on making the band and he was trying to show them how to be performers you know because diddy who was a backup dancer yeah. understands what it meant he was teaching them how to move up stage how to not upstage your other your other partners on in the band your bandmates um and he was but another, no one does that anymore another guy who studied not from just him being a background dancer but he looked at other with making the band he's trying to he was trying to create another boy band yeah. while it was still a thing yeah. at the time at least in America yeah and so he was looking at New edition mm-hmm. and boys to men, and it's not just about singing, and about putting on a show. It's about putting on a, a show. Yeah. So and uh, just record labels yeah, don't feel the need to develop artists anymore. And part of developing artists is teaching you how to be professional, rehearsals. You know, getting a good live show. Now everybody is a studio wizard. You know, they just want to get in, make the best produced song they can, and then when it comes to putting on the live show. 
the track is so overproduced, so layered, so this and that, you can't hope to ever recreate it in a live setting. Well, do you think that's because, like, with the, the whole A&R thing, with the artist development, that comes with being on a record label? And then with artists not necessarily signing with labels like that, like they're doing the distribution part, yeah, not necessarily the um, the record label is going to handle all of these things, and you know, so you'll get you know the music videos and the TV appearances, and they'll handle mm -hmm. putting the tour together. You're trying to do it yourself or do it like it some independent contractor yeah. type of thing to a degree i think because i mean I, I think this is yet another unintended consequence of 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 music piracy and streaming so and i one day i have to do this episode about how lars is right because there's so many things like you know i know that metallica you know they changed their tune and they acquiesced to, to, to streaming but everything that lars was afraid of is happening and this is you know with with the music industry making less money, the record labels had to cut somewhere and artist development was one of those places they cut. And this is the, you know, this is kind of what you get from it. Like you get artists that aren't fully formed, you know, they're, they're not as good at, at writing. So you got to hire more writers and producers. They're not as good at performing. So they're using backing tracks more if they even bother to perform and do live shows. Like it's, this and is it's one not of those even, unintended. And it's not even, like you don't even you may not necessarily have to do live shows. I mean like the the concert going thing is it's still a thing. Yeah. But you don't even have to do it's not something that's always necessary. What I mean is is like if you want the artist to be seen somewhere mm -hmm. and not just like posting on social media, but I'm talking about like TV appearances. Yeah, festivals. Or, That's the big thing now. Or doing, festival doing festivals. Like, who I feel like we right could now? put together a festival if we tried hard enough. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I feel like I don't see people touring as much yeah. anymore. It's just get on a festival bill. And there's so many now. Yeah. You know, where it used to be, I feel like it used to be like a dozen truly big festivals that you hear about. And then, you know, small regional ones where like, you know, the smaller acts would play. Now I feel like it's, at, at least several times a month, like the biggest thing, biggest festival you've ever heard of with someone headlining. That. And it's in some small, like I saw like it's a bourbon beer festival that's in <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah. And it's like all these, uh, all these acts from, I would say from the late 2000s mm. um, where like the indie electronic. Yeah. There's like they're all playing on this. Empire of the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's just so many because there's you know the disposable income, there's the interest. You know we're at that point now where you know we hit the we've hit the twenty to thirty year mark where like the '90s bands are going on their tours and they've got their festivals. There's a big one down in like in um on the Gulf. I think it's Panama City Beach where they bring out like Hootie and Vertical Horizon and Ever just all these oh, bands. I the one that's in uh. Gulf Shores, okay, Alabama. Gulf, yeah, so but that, that we might be talking about two separate, yeah. <laughs> two separate festivals, really. So I mean, and it just it, you know, and of course those bands are going to know how to perform because a lot of them, not to sound old, but they cut their teeth performing. Yeah, you know, they got they might have been discovered at a bar in freaking in you know the middle of nowhere, some A and R back in the day. It's like you you want to discover somebody, 
you got you got to pound the pavement. You're like, oh man. As a matter of fact, I remember hearing about um, Matchbox Twenty. Oh, we got discovered playing at some bar in Orlando, and A and R had to hear about them because there's no scene in Orlando. <laughs> he had to get on a not, plane. Not for not for a, a rock band, a pop rock band, or whatever. I guess if you're boy, if you're Backstreet Boys, then yeah, maybe for, for a boy band. So I had to get on their plane, fly to Orlando, drive to this bar, and go see Matchbox Twenty. Not this wasn't a showcase. Yeah, like how did you even hear about them? Someone probably got their demo. Like, oh man, there's this band down in, in Florida making some big buzz. You know, it's just like. And then what was that demo? Was it on a cassette tape? I bet was it was. Was it on a CD? Well, because they're that in a band they... called Tabitha Secret that had some of the Maxbox 20 songs there. So they're probably like, oh man, there's this track called 3 a.m. And just sent it snail mail <laughs> to the record label. <laughs> Is this solicited or unsolicited? <laughs> so, I mean, but. No, to go back to Frank Ocean, I think Frank Ocean is one of those artists where I think he had built up enough credit or enough cred to where people would think he's somebody who we can depend on nowadays to do a good live show because he cares about the art. I think we could say for like the last five years that we cannot. Like like it like Lauren Hill in the still moment. living off of her her rep. Frank Ocean in the in the moment <laughs> with Brandon saying that he was that Frank Ocean is on the clock. <laughs> he had already put out Blonde. It's funny too because we're giving him less time than Lauren Hill. <laughs> People still go to Lauren Hill Bill shows and are still surprised go. that she's late. Like at this <laughs> at this point, like late. like she's probably been late more than she's been on time. Like at this point, if you go to a Lauren Hill show. And she's on time. Like you got lucky. Maybe they told her. You know her, what song she's gonna do. You know the set is gonna be like yeah. an hour what max. Is, that is Stacy Jackson and tell her it was like <laughs> it was like oh yeah though the concert the concert like, was last night last night <laughs> at seven and she just shows up and thinks she's a day late like <laughs> like Stacy Jackson. So yeah, and but it's it's sad. I mean, in terms of like being robbed of that live experience, I mean. You never, I guess you can't miss what you never knew, you know? Uh, but also, they said that um, the news came out earlier this week that the, sec his, the second weekend that he was not performing and that there was a leg injury during the first week mm. and he was given medical advice not to perform again. Mm. Um, All right, and Kawhi. Sounds like Kawhi Leonard. The hope. <laughs> Load management for Frank Ocean. The hope is that he will make it up by releasing new music in the near future. Yeah. And he said, no, not that there's not a new album, just not right now. That's what he told people during the during the performance, the quote unquote performance. Yeah. Um, and he said he saw the beauty of the beauty in the chaos of his Coachella moment. It isn't what I intended to show, but I enjoy being out there and I'll see you soon. I, I but I'll be like this. Uh Frank, I'm outside of the demographic, the age demographic for Frank Ocean. <laughs> I never really got into him. Like there are a couple of songs I like. I yeah. like Novocaine. Yeah. Um, I like Pyramids, but I have not listened to Blonde Nor have I at all. I don't know what's I I I just never I was never interested. Yeah. I heard I mean Sweet Life I really, really loved. But 
Yeah. Or super rich kids, because I, I there was an episode of Gossip Girl where they played like the four whole, or five of his songs or yeah, the whole album. Channel Lord, yeah. 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 It was that was um that was an interesting concept. More TV shows should do that. <laughs> like that was that was a really it was a really cool sound design choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I if if time isn't up for y'all, then that's cool. Um but I since I was never I was never into Frank Ocean like that. Um, Maybe they're thing. I, I'm, I'm not getting into it now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Definitely not interested now. Maybe their thing is lip sync concerts. You know, they don't. Like I said, you never know. You don't know what you never had. You know, you you just don't. Um. So moving on from that. Uh, okay. So <laughs> this was this has been going on for a couple of months. But uh, <clears throat> so there's a band in a legal battle um, about, you know, was their name being stolen for a product? Oh, goodness. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh-uh. I, don't, I don't think so. So a cereal company created a product in which uh, they have its prepackaged cereal, a serving, and all you do is add water uh, to the powdered milk in the package, mm-hmm. and now you have a bowl of cereal. Uh, it's made by Post, who we know has made many cereals, yeah. but the product is called OK Go. Stop it! <laughs> So of course the band OK oh, Go man. Oh. has filed a lawsuit <laughs> claiming uh trademark infringement, basically. I'm surprised they didn't try to get them in on it. it, it I mean, no, I know some no, people no one's thinking them like a that hit wonder, but I mean, so here it goes again, came out in two thousand five. That's long that's far enough back to where nostalgia trip, you know? Yeah. Or for those who played Madden 2003. Dude, that was my jam. Get over it. Is my jam. <laughs> I never even like Here It Goes Again. <laughs> get over it is the song that I love. Yeah. Here It Goes Again has the, the viral video in the early yeah. days of YouTube. But Get Over It is it, that. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that we know. I thought the, that video was even funnier, honestly, because they shot it in a yeah. retirement home. And yeah, I, I don't know. But I, and I, I think they just, you know, kind of like the band we're discussing today. They have funny music videos. That, that was their thing. But yeah. Oh, they have another video where they um, were they like skydiving? They OK Go has some interesting yeah. visuals for their for their music. So um that's funny. <laughs> uh, so, OK Go is, is trying to get, uh, is in litigation. Uh, Post Consumer Brands, the cereal brand, is asking a federal judge to resolve the months-old dispute and remove the constant threat of unfounded future litigation the company says it faces over the trademark, according to a suit filed earlier this month. Lawyers for the band said the cereal trademark will cause confusion lead to a false association of the band with Post and its products, causing significant harm to OK Go, its brand, and its reputation. Meanwhile, the OK Go food brand of Just Add Water versions of Post Cereal hit shelves earlier this month. You know, I wonder if they tried 
and failed, and they're like, just do it anyway. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness later. Take it to trial. Uh, so Post filed an application with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office last spring that was approved by the end of August. In September, a lawyer for the band demanded Post drop the trademark. Uh, the OK Go mark has developed enormous goodwill and is strongly linked with OK Go the band in the public's mind, according to their attorney, Alex Kaplan. Uh, Kaplan also pointed out in 2011, the video collaboration between OK Go and post best-selling cereal, Honey Bunches of Oats. See, they tried. <clears throat> they tried it. So it, 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 they can't <laughs> claim ignorance on this. Yeah. You know what I think they tried to do as well? I'm looking at it now. They didn't put the dash. They're like vanilla ice is different. <laughs> we didn't put the dash. Well, well, post post has OK Go with an exclamation point in all caps. Mm -hmm. OK Go the band has OK capitalized. The G in Go is capitalized. The O is not, and no exclamation point. That's what they're going with. It's the exclamation point that that makes it different. Yeah. Um. And uh, the post post attorney, they say, OK, go is a very common term that is concurrently used and registered by many different parties across a spectrum of different goods and services. Uh, OK, go's lawyer again responded with a cease and desist request and wrote that our client will not hesitate to take any action that is necessary to protect its OK, go name and mark. Mm -hmm. So they are clearly at an impasse uh, post offered to pay the band for a branding collaboration co-marketing arrangement in an effort to resolve the matter. But the offer was rebuffed and the band asked the trademark office for another extension to oppose the trademark they filing. They want nothing. It must have been a bad experience. <laughs> uh, and post sued, post sued the band. Oh, God. Seeking a declaration it can use the OK Go trademark plus attorney's fees. Wow. So uh, it says the trademark law allows companies to use the same words on different types of goods and services, just like the word Delta is used for faucets, air travel, and dental insurance. The company said in a statement, Post reluctantly initiated this lawsuit when our attempts to resolve this matter amicably were rejected and the ban OK Go continued to threaten to sue Post in federal court. Oh, goodness. This is funny. <laughs> so this, this was back in January that I've that, that been this story from. Uh, the band hasn't had until February to formally oppose post trademark, and um, they had until February fifteenth to respond to the lawsuit. So as of right now, uh, see if there's any more news about it. Uh, it's probably still ongoing. There's a Rolling Stone article, um, basically going over the whole thing. The lead singer called it corporate bullying. Um, Corporate I've never heard yeah. that term. <laughs> Let's see if there's anyone else, anything else about it. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you think of this of this whole ordeal? I mean, it's funny. It's I, I get it. Like <laughs> they just I well, I mean, I would say they just want to be compensated, but I don't think they want to be compensated. No, they they don't want them to use the they name. They just at don't all. want it. Yeah, they just don't want to be associated. So I think Post got more money. Post got more lawyers. It's they can they can fight this. 
Um, yeah, I think it's uh, and and with and with a band name, it's uh, when you have a band name, it's a brand, and you know they're gonna go through everything they can to protect that. And then yeah. when it gets used in a different manner, like okay, yeah, there's Delta faucets, Delta Airlines, Delta Dental. I never thought about that, but yeah. But it's the but it's it's not just called Delta. It's Delta faucets. Yeah. Delta Airlines. Delta Dental. You can use the same word. Yeah. But they're all different. They're all different because they add what they actually are. Okay, go cereal. Post presents okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then this is y'all are concert. calling this product okay go. And this band is called okay go. Yeah. So it's not different. They're not using it in a different way. I mean, maybe the exclamation point, they think that they're using it in a different way, but I don't think that. It doesn't look that way to me. Nah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it in, well, it just hit, well, it just hit stores back in January, that is, from that article. I haven't seen it, but I haven't been looking for, um, I haven't been eating cereal like that. Same. (laughs) So. Try to stay away from that stuff. Um, so, uh, our last story, um, you sent it to me. I wanted to get the link. All right. This is from vice. Um, so we talked about AI stuff before and, uh, a lot of AI covers have been, um, hitting the internet. (laughs) Um, so I can pull up. It's getting scary out there, Greg. It's getting scary. Uh, okay, here we go. So, um, Ghostwriter, that's the user or the the artist in this case. The whatever. artist, yeah. So, he created an AI cover of the song Heart on My Sleeve. Well, no, this isn't. Oh, this is original this song. This is original, yeah. Original song, but he made it to sound like it was a Drake song featuring The Weeknd, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so if I can pull up the. Um, the song here. Uh, let's see if it'll come up this way. Oh, I think it's been taken off of TikTok. <clears throat> oh, it's been yeah. Oh, see it's if, been removed. Yeah, see if well, see if you can. Uh, oh crap! I thought that YouTube? was a copy. Yes, yeah, on YouTube. I thought that was a copy of the song in the article. It is not. No, it was just a uh, screenshot. Um. Yeah, they demanded it be taken down from everywhere, but YouTube, of course, is a, is a wasteland. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Heart uh, mm. on my sleeve, remastered. <laughs> hey, <laughs> already. <laughs> this is it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Produced by Metro Movement. Oh my God. She know what she need, all I need, all she blessed, ay, giving my best, ay, yeah, I got my heart on my sleeve with a knife, on my back, what's with that, ay, 21, I love them, they're my brother, that's my stack, ay, Metro made the beat, so you know that it's gon' slap, ay, yeah, it's gon' slap, ay, time, run it back, talking to a diva, yeah, she on my nerves, she think that I
Yeah, it's about a little over two minutes. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things, because I've been looking into this quite a bit, especially with the AI cover. So, and I discovered this just a couple days ago while listening to, if you can believe this, a Kanye West AI cover of um, With Arms Wide Open by Creed. <laughs> and so it was like, why does Kanye have the Scott Stapp accent, like they're ah just her, like he does that, and they're like, well, the AI kind of imitates, you know, whatever the original singer did. So they said it helps when you're doing these versions of these songs if you can do, if you can mimic the mannerisms of the singer. So you notice, like when he did the higher part, he was definitely imitating Drake to get it to sound more like Drake. Oh, is this the, oh goodness. Well, I had just heard <laughs> the news today. <laughs> it seems my life oh, is gonna change. I close my eyes, begin to pray. Then tears of joy stream down my face. Sweet lungs, my open under the sun. It's been years since I heard this song, too. <laughs> Welcome to this place, I'll show you everything. Sweet lungs, my open. Yeah, I just figured it's only a matter of time before we got to where someone's making fully original songs. And I think all it took really was somebody who was creative enough and good enough to do it. And at this point, if you're Drake in the weekend, either you just let the song come out and do what it's going to do, or you get in the studio and you do your own version of it. Because I think, at least from what I've seen, there's an appetite for this song. What's uh, interesting here is the, the account that had that Kanye cover. Mm -hmm. They have an AI cover of Paul McCartney doing Beautiful Boy, John Lennon's song. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Uh, Freddie Mercury won't go home without you. Is that the Maroon Five song? Yeah. Um, <coughs> Kurt Cobain doing Big Me, Foo Fighters song. <laughs> That's kind of dark, actually. <laughs> um, in uh, in the club, but with Fifty Cent and Eminem. I would actually like to hear that. That feels like something that actually it could exist. <laughs> See, now that's the problem because that's how that's how fifty raps. You know, he's like you can hear the the timbre of his voice, but it's not the style. 
Like yeah. it's like just that's not how Eminem raps at all. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have. Um, uh, Brandon Urie performing Killer Queen. That sounds uh, like something that could exist already as well. Kurt Cobain uh, fell on Black mm. Days and Wood like uh, by uh, Allison Allison Chains. Eminem and Jay-Z doing 99 Problems together. Kanye West doing I Believe I Can I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kanye doing Flowers, like Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Oh, God. <laughs> so this is, um, I want to say an epidemic. I mean, I think you, at this you, point it's like a party trick. Yeah. But Ghost Rider is, is really showing what can, it can be done. And... I mean, for all intents and purposes, this could be an audition tape for him. This could be a yeah. demo reel. Like people, I think nine million times it was streamed or something like that. Yeah. It got on. It was on. It was, it was on, on all uh, the streaming services before he nine, it on. Nine million views on TikTok, um, in which he said, uh, and "This was just last week." Yeah, <laughs> it was a very short amount of time. This thing just took off. And he just put up a video that said the video text. It just said, "I used AI to make a Drake song featuring The Weekend," and it's just him like covered with a, a white sheet with glasses. Yeah. Um, and you hear the song, and there have been more. He has posted more TikToks uh, with the song, and uh, he posted another video saying, "Vibing to this Ghost Rider and Drake." Before the lawsuit, that was what some that was another someone posted the song, <laughs> um, and following the and then there's a link to uh, the platform called Lalo to download the song, and all you have to do is enter your phone number. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's but, a bit much. <clears throat> I just learned um, it from YouTube. And uh, Ghostwriter, who is the artist here in a way. Uh, claims that he was a ghostwriter for years and got paid close to nothing just for major labels to profit. A spokesperson for Lalo told uh, Motherboard, which this is the uh, Vice article, um, that Ghostwriter did not partner with Lalo. This was completely unexpected. Lalo is a service that any artist or creator can use to connect with fans to notify, uh, notify them of upcoming drops. Um, so far, people like it. More than a thousand TikToks have been made using the audio, mm. uh, mostly commenting on how good it sounds or joking about the lawsuit. Yeah, um, a lot of unknowns, however, including whether the song is really AI generated. Uh, what's notable is that we really can't tell. That's what the that's the, the scary says. part of about it too. You know, because it it can be done, it can be done right because it's not. I I haven't. I've heard some AI covers, but I've been seeing a lot with like images. Mm -hmm. But the key uh, with AI generated images, um, I probably I don't know if you saw it, but I sent it in the group chat a few days ago of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. wearing the... a Nike <laughs> a Nike yeah. uh, hoodie yeah. with the headphones. No, <laughs> So some like if it's done right, they can it can look really good. Yeah. But the key thing is. If they're if you see anyone's hands, look at the hands. I have heard this because there are a lot of like people get... have like seven, eight fingers. Yeah, there was a picture someone posted on Facebook. It was LeBron <clears throat> in this like pool filled with eggplants. 
weird. It right. it like, but it looked like, oh, it's LeBron. It's like, oh, this is how he takes care of his body or something like that by <laughs> sitting in egg, eggplant juice or whatever. But look at the hands. He had like seven fingers on each hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's how I knew it was AI. Um, I've also seen. Um, it's only a matter of time, though, because it used to be the eyes and the ears, and they've got that down now. There was so. another picture of Martin Luther King Jr. He looked like uh, little uh, Big Meech on BMF. Was <laughs> this like puffer jacket had all these chains, uh, and I've also seen uh, because of the Freaknik uh, documentary that's coming out. You heard about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone created uh, Freaknik on Sesame Street. So it was basically uh, the yeah. Sesame Street characters. I, I thought that was real when I saw that. <laughs> it was so well done. But I just looked at the hands like, oh, they got eight fingers. Uh, okay, it's AI. It's AI. <laughs> but um, but I, what are what would be those markers really with music? I don't know. Because... Is it like if like you said like you like hearing Kanye? It was like sounded like Kanye trying to imitate Scott Stapp. Yeah, but uh, if you're doing if you're doing it original, because I know like someone else did. That's gonna a, be the tricky. Thing. A version of Taylor Swift covering something, but they hired somebody to imitate Taylor Swift, and then they used AI on top of that. So if you've got somebody imitating the singer, putting in their their quirks, you know, like the the versions of songs I've heard that were covers by like Michael Jackson for the weekend. The way I could tell is there were no vocal hiccups. That's his trademark yeah, that's what he does. of Michael Jackson. But like, if you get somebody who can do those and throw those in, and then, then you would never know. So, I, I think that's the way that you beat it. And like, I think this guy even knew how to, like, one of the ways that Drake, when he's singing, especially when he's singing high, how he kind of comes off his notes like, like he does that a lot. He did that on the high parts. He he knew. <laughs> And the, yeah, at the low yes. And he just knew all of Drake's mannerisms and quirks and threw them in there. And that's why I said it perfect. <laughs> this is Michael Jackson doing Starboy. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds just like the weekend anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, that was close, but that's he does that in the song because he's riffing on Michael Jackson. Um, but if somebody did like ah, like better and the, ah, all that stuff, like you could act, you could absolutely think like, yeah, that's probably Michael Jackson. Of course, we know it's not because he's dead. But if this was someone who was alive and you were doing that and putting all their mannerisms, this, there was this video, another video I saw. Like, uh, did you know that? Uh, these songs were made originally made by Elvis, but it was songs that clearly Elvis didn't make. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Beatles yesterday, he did not, yeah, he did not that do that. <laughs> or they like the Elvis does Chief Keef. Like it, <laughs> it got me at first because I was like, some of them were old enough. I was like, huh. And then as it got more modern, it was like, like okay, <laughs> Rick no. and Morty, the no. Rick and Morty theme. <laughs> I was like, no, these. Are... <laughs> I was like, these aren't. This ain't it. Chief. This ain't it. <laughs> Um, but it was like, I think, um, people have to have a more trained ear to, to notice. Yeah. And, um, man, it's going to, like, artists will have to, I don't know what way that they can, like, get out in front of this. 
I don't either. Uh, because, like the, the it's because it doesn't if when it's covers. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing, but when it becomes original songs, that yeah. you can use AI for, then that is, um, that is where we get into <laughs> the into the weeds yeah. of of this whole AI thing. I mean, how long until? An artist drops a dud and like that wasn't me. That was AI. <laughs> you know, like it's someone said that what they think will that artists will have to do is just find a way to be more creative with their music. Um, but I do think that can be dangerous as well because if you get too creative, you might alienate your fans. You know, like if we're being real, were there people out there who was like, "Oh man, Drake is back." Because I know people <laughs> have kind of been like, eh, "Drake's kind of been off a little lately." Someone might have thought like he legit is he's 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 back to form. Like how embarrassing would that be if somebody puts out a song that's better than anything you've done in the last like two your, albums, your three, <laughs> maybe even three albums. Like people are just like, oh man, he's finally back. You have to come out like, wait, that wasn't me, or do you just be like, yeah, I did that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because will everyone be as as cordial, as kind, as polite as Ghostwriter to say like, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, this is this is AI, y'all. You know, that's a, that's w- it. What about the person who doesn't say they just drop it, <laughs> and this like they're like, oh, this is a leak. <laughs> and then it I has heard, to be like know? if it was if it's if people like it, then do you go along with you, it? Yeah, <laughs> or do you refute it and say that wasn't me? That's like the person who like you know that's like Tony Perkis stopping the party in heavyweights when everyone starts dancing. Then you become that guy. <laughs> Say, like, actually, guys, it's not me. Oh, man. Season and then what, says, then oh. what they could do, like, could you, like, get, you know, I don't know if there's paperwork involved to have the publishing and the and the 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 royalties for this song how if that, you put it out work? somewhere. How does that work? Um, you know, could you, you know, backdoor that to where, like, you say, oh, it is me, like, if it's popular. And then you get a deal with the writer and producer and just, like, hey, we'll give you this and you give us this and, you know. Because technically, it's not you performing it. It's just your likeness. Yeah. So, like, are you even entitled to performance royalties? Because you didn't perform anything. And can you... And then if it's something that, you know, is is hurting you in a way, if the song's not good or anything like that, yeah. can you trademark... Can you trademark your voice? What if they make a song when you're out there spouting, like, really hateful rhetoric? Yeah. And you're like, that's not me. And it's just uh, like, sounds like you. Yes, it is, Kid Rock. We knew it was only <laughs> a matter of time before you. <laughs> like you just get that one artist that it's just like we already felt like they were one step away, and it's just like you know Kid Rock drops an end bomb in a song, and everyone's like, "We knew it," and he's like, "I swear to God, people, that is not me." <laughs> like, how do you prove it? We're getting it's gonna. I'm telling you, man, the next few years are going to be very interesting. Because um, if I'm if I am an artist and I'm struggling, and like you got another a, a writer producer that's hungry, that's trying to make a name for themselves, and they make a hit song for you by you, what do you do? You know, like, it can be like while it could be a tool to be used as as demos, like you know we talked about how songs were written for other artists. Yeah, like the song was written with this artist in mind or this artist. Uh, while it can be used in that way, mm-hmm. what if that artist rejects the song? 
he just put it out for it revenge. Because, anyway. <laughs> I mean, hell, there was a, um, a young lady on TikTok who was a writer who shared a story about she was um, working with a producer. She wouldn't say the name of the producer or the singer, but I think everyone was assuming it was Mel B from Spice Girls on her solo album. And they were they had been writing and writing and, and working on stuff and laying down tracks. And the artist was supposed to be coming, but, oh, she's late. She's running late. She's in traffic, yada, yada, yada. How about you just get in the booth and you start singing a little bit? Can you sing it more like this? Can you sing it more like her? And she at first she started kind of doing it. Then she's like, no, I'm not feeling I'm not vibing with this because she felt that they were basically trying to get her to lay down vocals to sound like her so they mm. could manipulate it, put it out and make it, you know, basically. Like, oh, yeah, this is her. Isn't that um, allegedly that's what happened to Ashanti? That's what's hap- apparently that's happened to a lot of people, but especially Ashanti with um, uh, with J-Lo. Yeah, I think it was like. Maybe two songs. Yeah. I mean, that's... I know I'm Real, the the song she did with Ja Rule. Yeah, the, I've heard you, that's all her. That's all Ashanti. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I think there was another one, um, maybe the remix or something like that. There's been a few songs, though. I mean, there's been a few artists out there like that where, like, I've heard um, there's ghost singers. So either the singer couldn't get the run right, they couldn't get the note high enough, it just, you know... And they bring in somebody who can sound exactly like them. Throw some AI on that too, if you can already sound close enough like them and get their quirks and everything. And I'm telling you, man, it's the robots are coming to get us, y'all. It's gonna be <laughs> wild. The robots are coming. It's gonna be wild. So that'll do it for our um, our music news. Um, before we get to the charts, Ben, tell us about your cover song of the week. All right, so Jamie Cullum, I don't know, people have, might not have heard that name in some time, um, British jazz pianist, um, came on the scene, God, back in what, 05, 04? I know it was yeah, when we were in we were college. Still, yeah, we were still in college. Um, I knew of him for his cover of Frontin' by Pharrell. Yeah. He does really good covers in general. Um, I, I decided to look up Frontin' again and found he has like a covers album. And um, this is one of them, one of the songs from them, What Do You Mean? by uh, Justin Bieber, but it's uh, covered by Jamie Collins. Really good. Check it out. All right, so we're going to play that, and we will be right back. What do you mean? Oh, when you nod your head, yes, what you want to say, no. What I'm saying Trying to catch the beat Make up your heart Don't know if you're happy Or complaining Don't want for this to end Where do I start You wanna go to the left And you wanna turn right Wanna argue all day Making love all night Fuzz you up then you die On the between Ooh I really wanna know What do you mean All right, that is What Do You Mean by Jamie Cullum. 
from his album, The Song Society Playlist. Came out in 2018. Uh, I remember he was putting videos up on Facebook and Instagram of doing these covers. Oh, nice. Okay. So the video for this, he's playing the piano, of course, but all the percussion is just him banging on the piano. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, so he kind of layered the video, so it looks like it's it's him doing all of those things. But it's, the, the the piano was the only instrument. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so also on this, uh, the Song Society playlist, he has a cover of All I Want for Christmas is You, depending yeah. on when that came out. Uh, Thinking About You, I don't know if this is Frank Ocean. Uh, I, yes, it is. I was going to say, I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, I Took a Pill in Ibiza, Shape of You. Pillow Talk, Uptown Funk, Can't Feel My Face, uh, an X Factor slash Nice For What medley. <laughs> and uh, who's it? River. Uh, River by Joni Mitchell. Hmm. And a cover of hmm. Brick by Ben Folds 5. I feel like that's too easy, but <laughs> I'm curious how he does it. I'll have to listen to it. So um, still no playlist for this segment, but yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so let's get to the billboard charts. I know it's been a few weeks since we've, uh, since we've been on, but I believe the number one song. He's having a moment. It's, it's that time. Last night by Morgan Wallen <laughs> is the number one song. Um, it was number one last week. Uh, so it, it's been here for a while, I suppose. Um, Number two, debuting at number two, Search and Rescue by Drake. Um, is there somebody else on this song? I don't know. Because I, I, I thought it was another song with um, 21 Savage. Uh, let's see. Maybe not. Not that I see. I don't see anyone else on it. Yeah. Okay. So, um it's just him. Um, he did he. Oh, okay. This is what I heard about it. It has a samples a dialogue, I guess, from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So it has Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner um, talking about uh, Kim divorcing Kanye. Oh goodness! So he put that in the song. That's, uh, that's odd. Now I got to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lil Yachty is listed as a co-writer. So that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, Yeah, he's a co-writer and producer on the song. Um, Number three, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Number four, Kill Bill by SZA. Number five, Creepin' by Metro Boomin, Feature of the Weekend, 21 Savage. They, uh, number six, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. Number seven, Die For You by The Weeknd Ariana Grande. Number eight, The Boy's a Liar Part 2 by Pink Panthers and Ice Spice. Number nine, Antihero by Taylor Swift. And number 10, Ella Baila Sola by Eslabon Armado and Peso Pluma. That just feels like it's a song popular on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's get to the Billboard 200, number one this week. Of course, 
It's been number one since it came out. One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. Number two, Hope by NF, debuting at number two. Number three, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Number four, SOS by SZA. Number five, Portals by Melanie Martinez. Number six, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen. Tell you, like this is this is a this is a post Malone type <clears throat> run that no one's uh, y'all y'all gonna see it. You're gonna see it. At what point though? I wonder could he get to where he has three? Like if like two years from now, three years from now. But but the thing I guess in country music you can like you can eat off an album for a really long time. Yeah, because dangerous. So we'll came see out when like that was. That was at least 2020, 2019. Let's see here. Twenty twenty one. Okay, so it's been out for over two years. Yeah. Um. Almost. Oh well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. In two in twenty twenty five, if there's another Morgan <laughs> Wallet album coming, in all three. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Getting Old by Luke Combs. Re-entering the charts, Meteora by Linkin Park. What is happening there? I think maybe because they released something with um, is it a with Deluxe Chester edition? or something. Because I'd heard they released a new song from the album. But um, I can't remember. Yes, yeah, a reissue. Okay. Um, let's see. Is it a, is it a uh, vinyl? Is it a is it an anniversary? Uh, I don't know. I can't. Now, Meteor came out in well, technically, yes, twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Um. So yeah, twentieth anniversary of Meteora. So that re-enters the charts at and it's at number eight. Number nine, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. And number 10, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny. All right, let's look at the Artist 100. Number one song. Number one album. Morgan Wallen, y'all. I, I, I still haven't listened to a single song by Morgan Wallen. <laughs> um, unless, unless, is that him on that song? Well, like, people, there's this sound I've been hearing where it's, uh, it's regulators, and then it turns, and then there's a, a country song called "Chasing You." Is that Morgan Wallen? Chasing you like a shot of whiskey. Chasing you. Yeah, yeah, that's Morgan Wallen. Okay, that's okay. That's the closest I've been to hearing a Morgan <laughs> Wallen song. Uh, so he's the number one artist this week. Number two, Taylor Swift. Number three, unranked last week, but he's got new music. NF. Uh, number four, Luke Combs. Number five, SZA. Number six, Drake. Number seven, Miley Cyrus. Number eight, Linkin Park. Number nine, The Weeknd. And number 10, Melanie Martinez. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Melanie Martinez. I, I haven't heard from her in a while, actually. I, I, I don't even know who that is. She was on The Voice, I believe. Someone from The Voice? Yeah, she was on The Voice. Yeah. She put out... The song I know her for is Pity Party. 
which she has like it's my party and or something if I want to uh, yeah um but apparently she's really popular like uh she's kind of one of those I don't want to say like a Charlie XCX but what's that other chick Cheryl Lloyd I think she kind of falls in the vein of a Cheryl Lloyd and people kind of respect her like that but a lot of people really really respect her but she comes off to me as like a Cheryl Lloyd type singer Okay. Um, all right, so that'll do it for our um, music news and the charts and such. So, Ben, tell us about your Earworm of the Week. Ooh, so this is actually a singer who I tried to reach out to to do a collaboration with. Um, very busy young woman, performs all over Atlanta. Uh, very, very, very busy. Um, I liked... The first song that I heard from her, which was like an acoustic joint, just just her. Um, this one, though, is a little bit different. It was it's kind of more of like a down tempo pop song. Very beautiful. It's called Too Close. It just came out like a few weeks ago. Um, I, I even though we didn't work together, I still follow her on social. And that's where I saw it. Um, and since I heard it, I can't stop listening to it. It's a great freaking song. I love it. Yeah. All right, so this is Too Close by Denny, and we will be right back. Denny, currently a single. Uh, it was released March 21st, according to, <laughs> according to Spotify. Um, so you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now. 
So we started this episode with the song Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters. And um, I guess in an effort to try to have a Because Five for artists that we have at least covered an album about. Good thoughts. Um, thoughts. Thought about that. <laughs> uh, we'll be doing a Because Five with Foo Fighters songs. And um, shout out to Matt. Yeah. Um, who we covered that album with, The Color uh, and the Shape. The Color and the Shape, yes. Yeah. Um, I think that was like three years ago. It never feels that long. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, so we will uh, we'll be selecting our uh, Because Five uh, Foo Fighter songs. For those who are new to this type of format of an episode, we pick five. It's called Because Five. Why? Because... Five. Um, and we have two honorable mentions each as an excuse to play more music. Uh, so, as per usual, uh, Ben will give his first honorable mention. He will go first. So, what you got? All right. So, for my first honorable mention, I've got Wheels by the Foo Fighters, of course. Oh, they're all going to be by the Foo Fighters, but Wheels, yeah. <laughs> uh it up here we go um okay i see this on the greatest hits was this on one of the albums no or, so this uh, was new, a, a new song for the greatest hits. yeah new song for the greatest hits um this was back when basically everybody was i think back in the band like pat smear was back chris shiflett um yeah, so I, I love this song. I think it sounds very different from anything they had really done in the past. Like it has kind of like a, like I see here it says Heartland Rock. <laughs> it's a style, and I always kind of thought it sounded a little kind of like some Tom Petty mixed in with maybe some John Mellencamp, you know, because it was a little heavier than Tom Petty sometimes goes. Um, but it's just a fun song. Like there's nothing complex about it. It's got a nice little intro in it. And it just, I don't know, it just makes you feel, it just feels like home, I guess. Like when the wheels come down, just kind of makes it feel like you're coming back home. I don't know. It's, I just know when it came out, I couldn't stop listening to it. And I just love it. It's such a fun song. All right. So uh, this is on the, the Greatest Hits mm-hmm. uh, album, uh, one of the new songs. And uh, I, I do hear that, that Heartland feel. This could easily be on a country station. Yeah. It just gets a little too heavy right here. <laughs> it's like, uh, just don't double track that guitar. Maybe, you know, put some, some fiddle in there and, and some um, and some slide guitar maybe, like lap steel, and boom. Now this could be on Kicks 101 or something, you know? But, um, yeah, I just I love it. It's, it's a fun song. Of course, when you see them perform it, they're huge. Because they got like three or four guitar players now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's at least uh, if you're looking on Facebook Live, um, well, there are six guys. I know they rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're a six-piece band now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about this. Produced by the legendary Butch Vig, who I know we don't talk about rock producers as much on here, but he's probably as big of a super producer as I can think of like in I'm trying to think of like a hip hop producer you could compare him to because he's been there for like some of the more influential moments in rock music of the last 30 years I mean to produce never mind not necessarily Rick Rubin who 
technically produces, <laughs> but not in the way you think. <laughs> yeah, Butch Vig is a. I'm behind the board. I'm double tracking. I'm I'm rec- stuff like that. Like, yeah, drummer for the band Garbage. But yeah, Butch Vig. If you don't know him, look him up. He's he's been there for a lot of big moments. All right. So uh, that was your first honorable mention. My first honorable mention uh, is. It wasn't the first song I heard by them, but it's the first song if you in the timeline, it's probably the first song you heard. Mm-hmm. And that's I'll stick around. Ah. This is from um I can't even think of the name of the first album. Uh self-titled Foo Fighters. Self-titled, yeah, okay, yeah. This is the this is his Prince album where he did everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dave Grohl played all the instruments. Um uh and Okay, so this song is apparently we've made the joke that Kurt Cobain wrote songs about Courtney Love. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but this song is about Courtney Love. <laughs> and it's like it's not a it's not a one of those because Courtney Love sometimes thinks every song is about her. She could be the you're so vain person, but yeah. like this is actually a song about her. <laughs> Because there's um, rumors several songs that Dave has written are about her. Um, it says all you have to do is read the words. Uh, the first line, I thought I knew all it took to bother you. <laughs> Every word I said was true, and that you'll see. <laughs> um, and then the chorus. Well, you'll, you'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and uh, the video is very simple. You know, performance video on the soundstage. Uh I feel like there were some aliens. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. But very uh, simple and, and straightforward. And uh, just the chorus. I don't owe you anything. <laughs> um, so I like that it was, you know, straight, kind of, it's straightforward, uh, power pop kind of song. Yeah. And, um, I found it interesting that he he did he played all the instruments on the first album, and uh, it sounded like brighter Nirvana. Yeah, I, well, I think but he I was mean, trying it, to get it's kind of like, yeah. He's he trying to like that. move on from it, and he had these songs that he said he he never presented anything to Kurt yeah. about uh, like with a with a song. So he he had all these himself whenever he was writing them. Um, and I could say like, okay, it sounds like Brad or Nirvana, but okay, it's the 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 drummer, and that might like make mm-hmm. you make it seem like it sounds similar, but it really it's really not. So it's this was a totally different direction, and it was something that almost wasn't made. Like he had to be encouraged after Kurt Cobain's death. Yeah, be like, okay, if you want to do that, like you should do it. Like it's no you know no problem or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, because I imagine he probably was getting judged heavily, like, "Oh, you're just trying to ride off of the coattails," and it's like, "No, nah, I was a part of he it has, too," you know. He, yeah. and he has his own yeah thing, his own ideas, all that. Yeah. All right, so uh, your second honorable mention. All right, so second honorable mention. This one's so high energy, the Pretender. Um, one of the I'm, I was about to say newer, but it really isn't that. I'm just not used to being this old. This came out uh, in yeah. college. <laughs> Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace came out in 2007. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so that last semester of college for me, 
um i just i love this song i think you know shout out to my bandmates and token what i really wanted to play this one back then i don't know why we didn't i feel like we used to sit around talking about playing it and we just never did but that's that was probably a lot of songs but <laughs> <laughs> this is just a very fun song you know what though it's probably because he screamed like dave Grohl just screams a lot <laughs> and it's just like do you want to sing you know like and just blow your voice out <laughs> And just do a Dave Grohl song and just, <laughs> but I just I just love this song. Like I love the guitar part and the verses, um, just how jangly it is. Um, I love um, Taylor Hawkins' drums, even though the rumor is, of course, and this will be a persistent theme. Everyone says that Dave writes the the drum parts and Taylor just plays them. I don't know how true that was, but like I just love this part right here where it kicks in, like. It just kind of goes straight there, just straight the, with the palm music and the power chords. Uh, just, I love it. And then you get kind of the halftime feel here, going into the chorus. I love it. And then it's just an outright, just, yeah. Like, it just feels like a, even the video is kind of like, you know, it like feels like an anthem. I think we were getting a lot of these types of songs back then that were just like Rise Against kind of anthems, you know? Uh, he also one. says that with the chorus, uh, the song from Sesame Street, one of these things is not like oh, the others. Oh, man, no. I don't uh, subconsciously think that. influenced <laughs> the song. I don't want to think that. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder who he had to give writing credits to. <laughs> um, and oh, he, would, he, was, he stopped short of explaining the meaning behind the lyrics, but Luda's roots go to political unrest. You know that that's the thing with lyrics. You never want to give away specifics because it's nice for people to have their own idea or interpretation of the song. Um, so, yeah. So I'm seeing here, too. I didn't know this, but um, he says there's a little bit of Chuck Berry in it. I kind of hear it with the, some of the blues chords going from that A5 to A6 power chord. I, I kind of hear that. I kind of hear that. All right. Um so this was, like I said, this is from Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. Um, I thought it was right here. You can hear it definitely. That blues influence. I thought it was not. This song was nominated for. Yes, it was. It was nominated for Record of the Year. I did not know that. Holy crap! It won Best Rock Hard Rock Performance, and it was nominated for Best Rock Song. Okay. Uh, and for Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace won Best Rock Album and was nominated for Album of the Year. So Gil Norton was the producer on this one. He's worked with quite a few people. Uh, the Pixies, Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, Jimmy Eat World, Dashboard Confessional, Counting Crows. Oh, that's across generations. That's like a 30-year period right yeah. there. <laughs> Going back to the Pixies and Echo and the Echo and the Bunnymen. This, is this the first time this band has ever been mentioned on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> maybe the second time. The first one was six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not a band that comes up very much. Huh. So uh, that was your second honorable mention. Yeah. My second honorable mention comes from the album One by One and the song called Times Like These. I figured that would be on one of our lists. I, 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 have, a, I have such a complex relationship with this song because, you know, they have the two versions. He has this one. He's got the candlelight version, which is just him with an acoustic guitar. And I just have a lot of memories from college tied to that song. But this one is the more fun one. 
It's the more fun <laughs> version. It's just like I've it's, heard the acoustic version. It, it's okay. Yeah. I, I like. I prefer the album version. Yeah, me too. It's just I don't know. Like I don't know how to describe. I don't know. This this one's just more fun. But it's still very. It can still be very like what's the word I'm looking for? Reflective, I guess. Even though it's more upbeat, a little bit louder, still can be reflective. Uh, the lyrics of this song discuss uh, how Dave Grohl felt I, like I wasn't entirely myself during the three-month hiatus the Foo Fighters entered following the tense and unsatisfying first recording sessions for this album and his uncertainty about the future of the band. Uh, so the lyric, I'm a New Day Rising, is a reference to the album New Day Rising by Husker Du, one of his favorite bands. That's a throwback. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um... So I wanted to ask you this. Of course, you know more music theory than I do. What is Mixolydian mode? Okay, so Mixolydian is, that's the chord. He's playing in Mixolydian, isn't he? Yeah. So the easiest way that I can explain this, because I'm a guitar player, you have modes in guitar, which are different types of scales. And um, when I was, when I studied guitar, classical guitar, the modes were essentially like you had Ionian, Locrian, Mixolydian. I can't sit here and name them all, but um, each one. So like, you know, if you have a C major scale, the root of the C major scale, of course, is the C. Um, each mode would start on um, a different note of the scale. So C, E, G, B, C, E, C, E, G, F, A, B, C, D. So like a mode would start on E and you would just play the notes in the C scale, but starting on the E, and it gives it a bit of a different flavor. I don't remember which one Mixolydian starts on. If you would have asked me back in 2003, I could have told you, because I knew uh, I had to learn all says, the modes. Okay, well, it says the song is played in D, Mixolydian, Mixolydian mode. So e, D, I'm trying to think uh, the third of D, what is... Uh, and then it says, okay, there's a modern C, Mixolydian, Greek Mixolydian is on E. Uh, Mixolydian Tonos is on E. So that that's the Greek. Then Medieval is on B. Or does not run from B to B on white note. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, this, I'm getting into the weeds on this one. <laughs> uh, modern Mixolydian, uh, Modern G is the note there. Yeah, E, E, F sharp. So E, E, F sharp, G. No, E, F sharp. Ah, I cannot think of my uh, my scales right now, my triads. Because with that, with that F sharp in there, that should be um, E, F sharp, E, F sharp, G. No, that's not it. If I wasn't on the spot, I could think of it. I cannot think of what key F sharp falls into. And also is that the song is played in 7-4 time. Yeah, you can, I kind of hear that at the, um, I, I've never counted it out, but the intro, definitely. And uh, like you said, the two different versions, um, there are two different music videos as well. Yeah, the other one has candles. G major, GFD, duh, GF sharp D, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, GBD. This song was nominated for Best Rock Performance by Dewar Group, and... Uh, it was on one by one, which won best rock album that year. All right. So uh, that was my second honorable mention. So number five, Ben. 
All right, so this is one that, um, and I was right, demixillinian is the mode of G major, meaning GBD is the fifth, so it starts with, but I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> long Road to Ruin, which was another in the long line of funny, complex videos that they made. Have you seen the video for this one? No, I haven't. Oh, this one's hilarious. Um, Dave Grohl plays a, um, a soap opera star. <laughs> On like a, a spoof of General Hospital, <laughs> but it's like in the seventies, so he's got like the hair and he's oh, just... I've seen it. Yeah, it's a little. Hey, okay, it was for this song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he's driving the sports car. And it was... <laughs> it's just like who comes up with these <laughs> these ideas? <laughs> but I just love this. I love this song. It sounds, of course like a little bit older than it it really is it has a really cool guitar solo in it which not many Foo Fighters songs have guitar solos in them but I just really really like this song it's really really fun um, and just has a really cool ending um, yeah and this was on let's see how long. Echoes Silence Patience and Grace which was um, 07 so that was right around the time I graduated at least were you 07 or 08 uh, oh, nine. Oh, nine. Okay, okay. Yeah, so right around that time, and Rashida Jones is in it. <laughs> I don't think I remember her in there. I have to go back and watch the video. I just remember it being so funny. He was, he kind of reminded me of Whit Goodman in the video a little bit from Dodgeball. Um, oh, White, White Goodman. White Goodman, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that White was the Goodman. White Goodman. <laughs> or AKA Tony Perkins. <laughs> Oh, God. But, yeah, I just love the video, love the song, love the solo. That, those are really the highlights of, of this song for me. All right. So uh, this was what, number one on the Canadian rock charts. Yeah, it didn't have a huge presence in the U.S. And number one in the on the U.K. rock and metal charts. Um, so, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was your number five. Okay. Yeah. My number five. Um, this is for uh, all the fans of the film Varsity Blues. Oh. <laughs> uh, or not another teen movie because they played it. The <laughs> Where they were parroting the exact scene. It was yeah. great. It was great. Uh, so this is my hero from The Color and the Shape. Um. And I think the song, maybe to me, it's been misinterpreted a little bit, or maybe because of the music video, it 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 it, it has done that. Um, Dave Grohl di directed the music video, and it's a man running to a burning building to rescue a woman's baby, another woman's dog, and finally a frame picture of the first woman. Uh, the eyes of the baby and the dog are blacked out for some reason <laughs> and uh, we never see the man's face and it's presented as one long take yeah it was an, it was an incredibly shot video um, and then you see the band performing in the uh, in the in the burning building <laughs> that's what was um, crazy like he's just they're you know he, they're playing as he's just running by them <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a wild video uh, interesting enough uh Ron Stahl, who replaced Pat Smear, 
This is his only video, the only video he appeared in. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and recall, remember this from the film Varsity Blues. Um, I think it was during the championship yeah. game or something to that effect. Uh, was this before or after they got rid of Bud? I, I can't think remember. after, because I, I think it was played twice. Okay. Um, and it was also in the film The Other Guys, where oh, The God. Rock <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> leap to their death. <laughs> oh, God. That's a, so, that is a scene that actually gets a laugh out of Kim. There's not much that she laughs at when she's watching like movies and TV and stuff. That scene makes her cry laughing <laughs> just because how confident they are. <laughs> Like, did they think they could fly? Like, I was... They're, like, yeah. over the bushes in there. Yeah, yeah. they just <laughs> And I had never seen it, so I thought they were going to do it. And she just... Before it even happens, she's just cracking up because she knows what's coming. <laughs> what's great about that is, like, this was... It's kind of the... That scene kind of defines what the film is, which is a parody of action films. Yeah. Like, trying to do it from a realistic... With you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, also, this had some significance on a more serious note in a uh, the uh, Dave Grohl and Nate Mendel performed an acoustic version of the song "Post 9/11" mm-hmm. on the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn on September 21st, 2001, and on their live album. Skin and Bones, there's a full group acoustic version. Um, also featuring the game Gran Turismo 2, and it was on the benefit album Songs for Japan after the earthquake and tsunami of mm-hmm. 2011. Oh, and the uh, there's a cover, acoustic cover of My Hero by Paramore on The Sound of Superman. Huh, I gotta check that out. Uh, soundtrack, companion soundtrack to Superman Returns. Oh, and like we talked about how artists don't necessarily like their songs being used in political campaigns. They had to, uh, they criticized John McCain for using the song without their permission. I don't know why people do that, man. Like there's enough precedence at this point to know that if the person doesn't like you, they're going to ask you to stop. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. <laughs> just, they're going to ask you, just, just don't do it. All right, so uh, number four, Ben. Um, so this is where it gets tricky. This is one of those artists where I could do 100 of these probably. I didn't know where to put this one because I was obsessed with it when it came out. Um, it's the first single from One by One, All My Life. Um, this video made me want a clear guitar. <laughs> um, Dave Grohl is playing a clear guitar. Um, so this is one of those songs where... And this is the same for the next one, too. Um, everyone's playing their asses off in this song. Um, and this is where, like, so I used to read I used to read interviews with Dave Grohl about, you know, the recording process and how good of a bass player. I think it's Nate Mandel is the bass player, how good of a bass player he is. And you can really hear it in parts of this song where he's just, like, playing some really great runs, some really great parts. Um... They're, this song is just so well played. Um, the video is really cool. Like they're in this huge arena playing, and of course, then it ends and the arena's empty. 
just a really cool, I don't know, man. They just got the coolest videos, man. Um, but yeah, this song is just so, so, so good. So high energy, so well played. I love everything about it. Um, so the, uh, it was originally an instrumental and it went through a few different versions. Uh, the middle section sounded like Wipeout by the Safaris. Interesting. And uh, recorded the instrumental and I had no idea how I was going to sing it. It was, uh, again, that was another one that the manager said, that's the song. And we said, really? You think that's the one people will like? <laughs> and uh, Dave Grohler said that the song is how he enjoys performing oral sex on women. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it says, all my life is a little dirty. I'm very fond of giving oral sex to women. It's a pleasure-giving experience. Giving someone something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives, and if you do it right, they will. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> On my knees. Okay, stop it. <laughs> see? Now, now, now we see it. You open up wide. Let me see. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. I, oh goodness! Oh man! I love it, but I hate. The, oh guys! No! Have I never heard it? I mean, I used to think this was such a deep lyric. I used to think it was such a deep lyric. I thought it was like some intrinsic, you know. I might have quoted this on like a on a like a Friendster profile or like Bolt.com or something back in the day. Oh goodness. Uh, This came out in 2002, which was I know I just remember like going on vacation to visit my aunt and her house and just listen to this nonstop. I was so obsessed with this song. Like every time I could see it on, on MTV, I watched the video. Um, I think when I, I got an MP3 player or something and I would put it on there and listen to it. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> um, this song won a Grammy for best hard rock performance. Nice, nice. Um, Dave Roll notes the band wanted a heavier sounding song for a single. Saying the band was coming out uh, coming out with Learn to Fly and Next Year and other songs that had middle of the road melodies. Yeah, yeah. People still love um, Learn to Fly and I just don't understand. Like I do not, the video was funny, but I'm so sick of that song. It was one of those TRL yeah. videos that was, that it's a lot. It and was Next played a lot. Next Year was just a, a letdown. I didn't like that one at all. I didn't yeah. really like Next Year. Um, this song was featured in the film uh, Identity. Uh, it was on Rock Band. And the Welsh band Feeder has used the opening lines for the song for one of their performances. And part of the song was used to highlight nominee Spider-Man in the best movie montage at the 2003 MTV Movie Awards. I was like, definitely not the, um, the Oscars. Yeah. No way they play Spider-Man or the Foo Fighters at the no. Oscars. So, yeah. All right. So my number four um, Okay. So my number four is also on uh, One by One. And I thought it was the last track of the album, but it it's not. But <laughs> it's one of my favorite because it's, it's very uh, it just kind of loops and 
I don't know. I, I find myself listening, and the song is it's one of the deep cuts because it's almost eight minutes long. <laughs> uh, this is Comeback. I like the uh, melody of this song. Uh, Ooh, I don't think I've heard this one. I'm digging it so far, though. Yeah, this is on one by one. This is track 11, if anyone gets that far. <laughs> but, uh, well, th- yeah, this is, I'm looking at the expanded edition. But I think on the original, um, the original release, it was the last song. Let me check here. Yeah, on the original release, this was the last song. It's a long eight. Man, okay. I'm curious. I have to listen to this on my drive home. Seven minutes and 50 seconds. (laughs) It's got a nice sound to it. Yeah, I, I I I really like how it's how it's put together. Um, I like that it was long. I normally don't like big long rock songs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the original release, I just felt it was like a great way to close the album. Yeah. Uh, because there's a part at the end, like uh, let's see if I can get to it here. Then there's this section, halfway through. Oh, wow. Um, it's like a, yeah, the acoustic air, and then, and then there's a solo. Uh, and then I liked how the song ended as well. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get, go for it just a little bit. I wonder if this is what inspired them to do on In Your Honor, because I was like, what's the next album? And they put out like, you know, an acoustic side of that album as well. I wonder if this inspired that. of the song it's just that until it fades out oh nice okay but uh, yeah I definitely when I come back around to listen to Foo Fighters uh, I always come back to that song but yeah it's almost eight minutes long if uh, (laughs) you get get to listening to that Um, make sure I on the list there will be a spotify playlist for this um 
All right. So that was my number four. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. Um, so this one is probably the newest one on my list. Um, I heard, I loved it from the second I heard it. It's rope. It's, um, everyone's throwing their fastball on this one. Taylor Hawkins. Um, the solo is weird. It's kind of crazy. The bass is just like, like it's probably one of the more creative bass lines I've heard. A lot of inversions. Like he's not playing the root on a lot, a lot of the notes. Some really cool runs. Um, I just love everything about it, especially when it gets to the chorus. Just the chorus just feels like just this all-out assault. And then you get to the bridge, like you're like it can't get any more bombastic. And then you get to the bridge, and it does. I think you hear like some cowbell in there with some of the, the some of the um, fills that Taylor's hitting on the drum solo. It's just out. It's crazy. Like to put this out as a single, <laughs> it's just so impressive. Um, this started out as Dave Grohl playing the acoustic guitar during sound checks uh, during the Echo Silence Patience and Grace tour world tour. This is this song is on Wasting Light, um, and then it was uh, later developed, and the songs for Wasting Light were recorded in Dave Grohl's garage. Uh, the songs Unusual Rhythms and Angular Chords that you were talking about have distinct influence from Rush as well as Led Zeppelin and uh, from their album Presence which Dave Roll says may be my favorite album of theirs the main progression of chords is a flat 7th a 4th and a minor 3rd and Chris Shiflett said what my guitar is doing over the bass line makes no sense in in a way it does (laughs) but you don't know how (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is it's so it's so interesting musically to listen to. Uh also produced by Butch Vig. Yeah. Uh synchronizing it through with a click track through a drum machine and a shake tambourine. This would be a hard song to play um a click to. It's very up tempo, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh Gro also compared uh, the song to uh, music by the band Television and uh, Mission of Burma. Not familiar with those bands. And the music video directed by Dave Grohl was shot entirely on VHS. It had such an odd look to it, like <laughs> that vintage but clear. It's like, oh, it looks like VHS but super clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, the tight claustrophobic space was inspired by Grohl's Garage where they recorded the album. Uh, I think Pat Smear was back for this one at that point, so. Yeah. Oh, this is the crazy part where the drums and just. Cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love the breakdown. It's just, ah. And then the solo makes no sense. Throw some it's fuzz a siren. Sounds like a siren. <laughs> it's like you just throw a ton of fuzz on there in a wall and just play some dissonant notes. Yeah. This song was number one on the Canadian rock charts. Uh, Probably because it sounds like rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it debuted at number one on the uh, rock songs chart. Only the second song ever to debut at number one on the Rock Zones chart. 
and um, yeah. So that was your number three. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, make sure that's on the list. All right. So my number three is actually the same as your number two. Really? Aurora. Wow. This is the only song we have in common, y'all, for this list. (laughs) And it was a deep cut. (laughs) (laughs) We did not plan this. No, we didn't. We did not plan this. Yeah, Uh, this is... This is from There's Nothing Left to Lose. Did you have this album? Did I have this one? No, I had One by One. Okay, I know. I, I used to listen to this... Yeah, God, this song is so beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was not a single, um, and it was. How do I put it? Like, I, what, 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 what sticks out to this uh, about this song to you? So it just it to me it just reminds me of like night i don't know if that's what they're going for but it just reminds me of like you know two people sharing an evening a night under the stars sharing a memory hell yeah i remember aurora i don't know if he's talking about the city i always assume he's talking about aurora borealis because of how you know just the beauty of it the guitar layers are just beautiful tons of delay on that on the guitar um riff that's what it makes me think of you know a really cool bridge you don't have a lot of bridges in um, and Foo Fighter songs usually they had just breakdowns. This one has a bridge, but that's that's the feeling it gives me. Um, I think at the time when I heard the song, I was also really into um, uh, when I came around to it. This it was like years after the album had come out. But uh, Explosions in the Sky. Do you remember okay. with that band? No, Explosions in the Sky. Ex- yeah. They did the uh, soundtrack for the movie Friday Night Lights. The, the name sounds familiar. I'd have to hear them, but... Um, I know I used their songs for a play I did at Sound Design for at West Georgia. I used Which a play? few of their songs. Um, Stop Kiss. Okay. Um, but the the opening of the song reminded me of one of their songs called... Uh, song for our fathers okay and it, it just reminded me of helicopters for some i can see that okay so uh uh that's one of the things that kind of sticks out for me and yeah i i i think like this is about like a long drive uh where people are like saying goodbye at the end mm, yeah at the end of the ride you know um so yeah, I, I didn't know this wasn't a single at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I used to, when I was in high school, you know, of course, back when CDs rang, I would just put this on and listen to it all the way through. And this one, and I would say, it was between this one and MIA. I didn't want to load up too much from one single album. I'm not sure if you know MIA, that's the closing track of this album. It came down between those two. I love both of them, but yeah, this one went out just basically, it's just the layers and the the feeling it gives me, you know? Um, so yeah, you can, uh, that's on nothing. There's nothing left to lose. 
So that was my number three, your number two. So your number two now, yeah. My number two is um I'm trying to find it on the the this is Foo Fighters list <laughs> first. <laughs> okay, uh, it is from In Your Honor, and it's Best of You. I got another confession to make. So, I must confess, I have another confession to make. No, um, <laughs> this is one of those songs that like blew me away and gave me chills the first time I heard it. Um, like I've said a couple times, like he's known as a screamer. But like I feel like this might be his most most emotional vocal ever. Like I don't know how you top it. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like it just feels the whole thing just feels urgent and feels emotional and feels just full of energy. It's a great song. Um, this was one that they did allow <laughs> for a political campaign <laughs> during John Kerry's uh, campaign for president in 2004. Hits, them, hits themselves a loser, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Grohl had worked on the campaign, and the song is about breaking away from things that confine you. Mm. Um, so that's the part that kind of sticks out to me the most about what the song is actually about. Uh, and things that um, uh, they they recorded a demo and they put it away while while making the album. They put it away until they felt they could do it the song better. And it was brought back to further production by their manager, who felt that their ab- its absence while listening to what they had recorded, uh, who felt like they needed the song. Yeah. And Taylor Hawkins declared that it was the only song from the previous sessions from the album that remained with the original session. The only song from the album that remained from the original sessions. Okay. Um, and Rose stated that while many of his songs start with the music and lyrics come last, the words were fast to write, given that Carrie Rallies inspired him to do all these songs about breaking away from the things that confine you. Thus came a song of resistance. It's about the refusal to be taken advantage of by something that's bigger than you or someone you're in love with. It's the fight in the face of adversity. Uh, one thing I, I'd also read a while ago is that uh, Mark Pellington directed the music video, uh, famous for he directed uh, Jeremy by Pearl Jam. And the imagery uh, his his wife had passed a few months before, hmm. and he was drawn to the song's notion of dealing with pain in life. It's an emotional video too. It, it really is. So there's a lot of different clips of an imagery. You see children playing alone or with each other. You see a car crash, a lion pouncing on prey, which is a vulture, a snake attacking a rodent, a newborn baby sleeping. A snarling wolf, a zebra kicking another zebra, crash test dummies, uh, men and women showing affection, a nuclear explosion, a baby crying, a mother and child laying on the bed, and a wall covered in writing with the phrases, help me, pain feels good, and they all died in the fire I started. So the, the imagery with the song makes it a little, makes it seem a little more powerful yeah. uh, to me. Um, and uh, 
a lot of like you know a lot of people have their list of their best of their best songs this is high on a lot of lists of the Foo Fighters best songs mm-hmm. uh, it, it sounds like them but it sounds a little different than what they had been doing before yeah. and this is also notable Prince covered this during his Super Bowl halftime yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a surprise to uh, someone like Taylor Hawkins. He said that uh, Prince had criticized them for their desire to release a cover version of Darling Nikki. Um, so uh, I thought they had released it by the time he performed at the Super Bowl. Had they Nikki? released their version of Darling Nikki oh, on yeah, something? Oh, yeah, Darling Nikki was, um, I heard Darling Nikki in high school. Okay. Yeah, Darling uh, Nikki had been around for years. So he he had criticized that. Oh, uh, yeah, it came out it came out in 2003. Um, so, uh, but for him to include that song in his set, you know, that was, uh, I don't know what, what how much more respect can be shown yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Uh, because I was surprised to hear that when I when I watched it yeah. for the first time. It was it was pretty wild, especially because he goes count it and then he <laughs> goes right into it. I'm like, yeah. Uh, there's also a version by uh, Anastasia. Isn't like the dance artist? Yeah. Interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if this one won anything. Um. Uh yes, okay. It was it was nominated for best rock performance by Dior Group and best rock song. And in your honor was nominated for best rock album. It did not win any of those, unfortunately. Um. But yeah, that's well, it's number two, but definitely yeah. one of my it's it's one of my favorite songs in general. Yeah, it'd be one of those I'd probably put on. Like I said, this I could do this one many times. And yeah. Uh, so make sure I add that. All right, so we're at number one. So I feel like this is a song a lot of people might not know unless you really listen to the Foo Fighters. I didn't know it was actually a single in Australia. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's probably, in my opinion, at least one of the most unique songs that they've done simply because it uses a talk box. Generator by the Foo Fighters is. I don't, it's just, it's my favorite. I love it. I love everything about it. I love the talk box. I love the drums. Um, I love the kind of straight ahead driving beat that it has, but like there's some really interesting parts of the drums. Like just the way he plays them, like it's, it's really weird. And I feel like unless your drummer is hard to explain, but just some of the parts are just, re- the way they're written are just really cool and just make the song. The chords are cool. He throws in a seventh right there. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun song. I, I, I still, this is one of the songs I listen to fairly regularly for the last 20 years. Um, I just love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is from There's Nothing Left to Lose. Uh, like I said, uh, only released in Australia, limited release in Europe. Uh, he was inspired by Peter Frampton and Joe Walsh <laughs> in using the talk box. Uh, Joe um, Walsh. I love Joe Walsh. <laughs> there is there was no video, no video filmed for the single. Instead, a, a live performance was recorded uh, in Australia, overdubbed with the studio version. Yeah, I watched that video and I was like, "This isn't live." <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, and uh, in the video for Breakout, they use, the song Generator is heard at the beginning of the video. Yeah. Um, Another good video where he goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, I just, man, like this song, it just takes me back to high school. When I got this album and I was just listening to it nonstop and this just ended up, I want to think it's like, what track is it? Track four, maybe? No, track five, because Gimme Stitches is right before that. But yeah, this one was just always, yeah. I tried learning it. One of the first songs I tried to learn off the album, This and Breakout. You know, like I said, I never just wasn't a huge fan of Learn to Fly. Um, God, yeah, this just song is just, yeah. And just the drums, like just so many different parts to them. Like the this part, well, actually, never mind, because he doesn't do the halftime on this part. He does it on the first pre-chorus, but yeah, it's a great song. All right, so that is your number one. My number one, I guess it's obvious. It's probably the one song that everyone knows. <laughs> but it's definitely one of my favorite songs, not only because of, of how it sounds, but the video is the, one of the most absurd videos yeah. I have ever seen. And I think maybe anyone has ever seen. And that is Everlong. Somebody was definitely on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what we're going to do? This was a fever like, dream at worst. We're going to make your hands <laughs> grow huge. <laughs> When you, when you get angry, like the Hulk gets angry and he turns green, your hand, just one hand, is just going to grow to an enormous size. And you're just going to slap people. And you're just going to slap people. <laughs> and then we're just going to end We're gonna end the song, with end the video with an extended version of the song. Taylor Hawkins is going to rise out of bed with a drum set and a gown and just start going. Oh, yeah, and you're playing, and you're playing you know, a guy who has, who, you know, his some guys talking to his girl and, and, and and, and messing and messing uh talking to your girl and messing with her oh who's playing who's playing the girl uh your drummer <laughs> <laughs> oh god so i do remember learning this song as well um my sister for my 16th birthday bought me the official hal leonard sheet music book to this so like I was, I tried learning this entire album. <laughs> some of it was beyond me. I was, I'd only been playing for like a year or two. So some of it was beyond me, but yeah, this is, this is a great song. This is a great song. Um, this is from the color and the shape. The, uh, even though some people knew about Foo Fighters from the, the self-titled, especially the, the big me video with the, the, the Mentos parody. Oh yeah. <laughs> was it Futos? Or they Futos. Futos. <laughs> uh, but this became a staple on, on MTV. Oh, yeah. uh, the having the, uh, another opportunity to show their, their sense of humor. Um, and I, this is the song to me that put them on the map for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, there's also an acoustic version of this song that I really like. Um, see if there were some interesting, uh, interesting covers of the song. Maybe not. This has just been his the most enduring song. Um, yeah. It's it's never going anywhere. People still want to hear it all the time. Um, 
I mean, it's this song that he'll just never be able to stop playing. <laughs> uh, there is a string version used in an episode of Friends. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and it was used in an episode of Daria. Uh, it was used in the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Really? Uh, it was used in the movie Little Nicky. Uh, an early demo version was used in Fight Club. Huh. And uh, David Letterman calls it his favorite song. Didn't they play this for him on this last episode ever? Yes, they did. Okay, that's what I remember. Okay, okay. Well, no, wait. Yes. Okay, they you, they played it when he came back from uh, surgery. They were okay. the first act. And then on his last show, uh, they played it again. Weren't they... Was it his ep- was it his show where they would just go on there and just let them goof off? Because I want to think like him and like Taylor Hawkins just went in there and just did like this absurd cover of Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> uh, I, I gotta I don't I'll, know I'll, I'll look it up because I want to think he would just let them come on there and just do whatever kind of like Conan lets Bill Burr just do whatever he wants. He would just <laughs> let them come over there and just do whatever they wanted. But uh, Grove stated that he was blown away that Letterman was a fan of them. And they went as far as stopping a, canceling a tour, or stop on a tour in South America so they could perform, uh, perform on his show. That was nice of them. So yeah, um, I don't know if we left anything on the table. Uh, well, learn to fly. We both have yeah, mixed feelings about it at best. Very mixed. I mean, uh, stacked actors was close for me. Um, that's probably my favorite riff of their entire career. Uh, all of my stuff came from uh, In Your Honor, uh, Echo, Science, Patient, Great, One by One, and Color and Shit. Like, nothing after In Your Honor yeah. that was on my list at all. Uh, Rope was the newest one for me. Outside was close, which is off of, um, is it Sonic Highways? or? Uh, yes. That one was close for me. I really like that song. Um I'm trying to think because I still I still try to listen to them pretty regularly. Um, learning to walk again. Ah, that was a, that one wasn't close. I'd probably say stacked actors and enough space, which is an, another deep cut from um, the color and the shape. Because I, I, I really love their heavy stuff when they get heavy. Um, and I would say M.I.A., which is the last track on uh, the color and the shape is was very close. All right, so uh, that will do it for our list. Um, you can find the complete list. Uh, it'll be available after this, after listening to this episode. Um, uh, the playlist will be on Spotify of our selections. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. So we'll yeah. get to my earworm of the week. Uh, so I have been listening to a lot of I have a playlist called Alternative Melodies. Just find people who are not necessarily off the beaten path, but not necessarily something you call just straight ahead pop or pop rock or, or alternative or, well, I know it's alternative, but <laughs> so they, they, it's not like necessarily just in, you know, a, some kind of simple box. Um, so I have an ongoing playlist with that. And I came across a song that came out in 1998. Uh, by uh, an artist named Neil Finn. 
Now, for those who are from New Zealand, I know that name. Neil Finn was one of the founding members of a band called Crowded House. Ah, that's why I know it. Okay. And uh, there was another. I feel like there was another band that he had started. <clears throat> um, Split Ends. Not familiar with that band. Um, but uh, uh, he's a founding member of Crowded House uh, with his brother Tim, and he also uh, was a touring member with Fleetwood Mac. That's uh, didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, this is not a crowded house, but this is from his solo album, his first solo album called Try Whistling This, and is a song called Center. And, um, it could be considered like maybe Sophistapop or it or that or acid jazz a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I liked how it, I, I really like how it sounds so. Uh, this is Sinner by Neil Finn. Make sure it's on the list. The uh, Earworms of the Week playlist. You can see it right. Uh, well, if you go to it now, it's there. So <laughs> here is Sinner by Neil Finn, and we'll be right back. song is co-written by Marius DeVries or DeVries uh, who is a co-producer of Madonna's Ray of Light and uh, he was a producer of the Mulan Rouge soundtrack and the La La Land soundtrack hmm. 
Um, so yeah, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. So uh, that will do it for this episode. Um, what should we end the episode with? Not learn to fly. I would say Breakout. Breakout. That's a great song. I believe there was an MTV Making the Video episode. Was there? Because it was on the soundtrack for uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, was it? I thought it was on... um... It was on the episode of an OC on the of the OC, not the OC like, Orange County. What's that? The movie with oh, um with uh, Colin Hanks. Yeah, Colin Hanks and let me Orange County. Yeah, Orange County. Yeah, with um with and Jack Colin Black. Hanks, Jack Black, and Kevin Klein. But I could be wrong. You might be right here. I don't remember. Um, I, I thought it was on me, myself, and Irene. That's why I because they had clips from the movie. No, you're probably right. Because uh, I might be thinking of something else. Uh, hold on. Where is the breakout? Um, yeah, me, myself, and Irene. Okay. Yep. Yep. Then what was on the on Orange County? It might have been because I don't think Orange County is as old as this movie. It might have been something from One by One. Um, the only song I remember that was in Orange County was uh, "Butterfly" by Crazy Town. Uh. <laughs> Because when it came on and they were at a party and like all the girls had to dance to it. The one is the name of the song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was it. From one by one. All right. So this is Breakout by the Foo Fighters to end the show. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you hopefully sooner than later. (laughs) Peace. 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 Keep scaring